When you think of Indonesian culture, there is a high chance that you are not thinking about gender identity. If you have not spent much time in the country, there is an equally high chance that you are not aware of it being the home to tertiary gender identities, identities which have traditionally existed outside of a male-female gender binary, or even a five-gender social system within which our very concepts of male and female do not exist. Over the coming episodes, we will be taking an in-depth look at what gender means for these communities in Indonesia, and for our first episode in this country, we have the honour of learning firsthand from an award-winning, internationally recognised activist about what life is like as not a man, not a woman, but a waria, living in the heart of Java, Indonesia. Welcome to episode 7 of Slash Queer. You're here with me, your host, Georgie Williams. There are, at this time, 26 different terms used around the world for what we in the West would consider to mean transgender. Etymologically, we can understand how the word transgender means to transition from one gender to another. The applicability of this term in different cultures depends on two prerequisites. One, that an individual is identifying with a gender recognised in the West, and two, a transition is occurring in the first place. The issue with applying this term to anyone who does not identify as one of these Western conceptions of gender is that this delegitimizes a whole host of other non-Western gender identities which do not meet this criteria. There is, after all, no objective and globally recognized truth behind what makes a person male or female gendered. Maleness and femaleness are culturally subjective, as is what exists outside of those categories. So when identities exist outside this framework, identities which require their own language to describe themselves instead of having language of others imposed upon them, what does that look like? How do we begin to understand them? I have talked in previous episodes about how fortune and opportunity have been on my side during this round-the-world venture as a wannabe queer pioneer, and my experiences in Yogyakarta on the island of Java were no different. It was by reaching out to LGBTQ research contacts in Indonesia that I was passed on to another researcher and worker at an NGO in Jogja, who was happy to put me in touch with some interviewees for my episode on Wariya culture. As luck would have it, the person who sat opposite me at the table during that first meeting at the NGO was a face I recognised from some four years prior. At her behest, I was to spend three weeks sharing in the life and labour of award-winning activist and community leader Shintaratri. I had never met Shinta before, but back when I was studying my master's degree in gender in 2016, I had taken a unit on the anthropology of kinship, sex, and gender. It was arguably this unit that pushed me down the path of becoming a researcher of transnational gender and sexuality variant culture, and during those first few classes, we learned about Waria in Indonesia. Shinta was, and still is, the face of the Waria rights movement. She is all over the internet, and not long after I completed my degree, 
I remember reading an article all about her work in the Guardian newspaper. Back in 2008, Shinta established the only Islamic boarding school for Wariya and transgender people, Pondo Pesantrin Wariya Al-Fatah. Shinta and her associates work closely with a local Islamic university, but also facilitate non-Muslim events at a local Christian university, as around 8% of Wariya living in Yogyakarta are Christian. The culture of Indonesia cannot be disentangled from religion. Indonesia is the world's most populous Muslim-majority country, with 87.2% of citizens practicing Islam. So, as you will note in my interview here with Shinta, one's relationship with their gender as Wariya is so often tied into their relationship with their religion. As we proceed into this interview with Shinta, you are probably asking, what is Wariya? What does this term mean? I cannot tell you. All that I feel comfortable telling you is that this is a traditional third gender identity found across much of Indonesia, which is often compared to, or translated as, the Western concept of a transgender woman. But beyond that, I am deferring exclusively to Shinta to explain this concept, in a bid to decenter myself from this narrative. Indonesia remained under Dutch colonial rule until 1945, and I have talked to a whole host of Indonesians who express discomfort at how Indonesian culture is continually exoticized by outsiders. Nobody needs yet another white tourist's distorted and romanticized perspective. A decolonial practice to telling these stories involves, quite frankly, not making them about me and my worldview. Which is why I am grateful to have Shinta Ratri telling you what the Wariya experience looks like. For the following interview, Shinta spoke predominantly in Bahasa, Indonesia, and was interpreted by NGO worker Astrid Febrianti. So if you have any issues following it, please refer to the transcript available on the Slash Queer website. Shinta, how did you start doing this work? What is your story? Sudah sejak lama, jadi uh, ketika saya masih kuliah, tahun 1981, uh, karena basic saya itu um, berorganisasi, kemudian uh, saya melihat kawan-kawan Baria ini hanya nongkrong-nongkrong saja, saya bersama kawan saya yang juga punya background uh, pendidikan yang di akademi kemudian membuat ikatan waria Yogyakarta pada tahun 82 jadi itu adalah kira-kira dua empat tiga puluh delapan tahun yang lalu jadi 38 tahun yang lalu saya memulai advokasi ini melalui ikatan waria Yogyakarta pada waktu itu isunya masih hanya di bidang kesenian dan kesejahteraan saja pada waktu itu belum ada uh, tentang penyakit air tentang penyakit kelamin belum ada tetapi kemudian Ketika kita mulai bergabung dengan PKBI, kita mulai menambahkan isu yaitu IMS, 
ya IMS itu infeksi uh, penyakit menular seksual infeksi peny- uh, menular ya kemudian uh, kita bersama-sama dengan difasilitasi oleh PKPI kita mulai mengembangkan uh, bagaimana uh, obwaria itu melakukan perjuangan identitas jadi uh, kami memperjuangkan identitas dan membangkitkan kesadaran kritis kesadaran kritisnya kawan-kawan pada waktu itu belum ada yang namanya LGBT jadi Um, the first struggling in uh, in identity is the from trans woman and no gay no lesbian uh, not yet um, jadi kemudian ketika mulai isu HIV AIDS uh, di mana isu HIV AIDS itu secara global uh, dengan funding internasional disitulah kita mulai bergabung menjadi bagian dari LGBT Jadi disitulah satu sisi perjuangan waria ini sudah menempatkan diri di dalam trek yang benar. Jadi bagaimana kemudian kami memperjuangkan identitas waria di tengah masyarakat, di tengah penerimaan di mas di pemerintah ataupun di agama gitu. Tetapi kemudian ketika bergabung di dalam LGBT. Kemudian seolah-olah ini langkah mundur artinya perjuangan kami mulai dari awal lagi we start from the beginning because we uh, in the part of the LGBT people ya yeah. kemudian ketika tahun 2006 2000 That was so long. Okay, so basically, uh, she started this in college a while back in college in 1981. She's basically doing some organizations um, thingy with her friend, and that's and she's uh, transgender or we call it as a warrior. Uh, they only they see it as why do they hang around? Why don't they have their own community? Why don't they just be one? She and her friend that has an academical background uh, created this warrior community for like 38 years ago, 38 years ago. The discussion was, at first, uh, the discussions was about only about art and also their own well-being. But after joining PKBI or uh, PK, how, how do you say that in English? Yeah, basically uh, this organization that focus on um, reproduction, uh, health reproductions. They talk about transmitted disease. They're also talking about uh, their their uh, uh, the kind of disease that was likely going to happen in all kind of gender that exists, and also talk about reproductions also for warrior and all stuff. And when they learn about transmitted disease with uh, PKBI, they they're like bandwagoning. them also with the development to fight for their own identity alongside with PKBI and right now and before that before all this LGBT stuff happens inside Indonesia the one who fight for it first is the transgender people or the trans people or the waria and before the terms of LGBT exist is exist in Indonesia they're the one who first came up with these struggles they're the one who created this uh, this organizations their com- their community and they're the only one fighting for this identity 
before LGBT um, terms comes in and become an issues. And let's say just they're the first one who came up with this whole um, issues and make the discussions happen inside of Indonesians, uh, inside of the soci Indonesian society. And at the times when HIV is globally known, that's where the fun from international community comes to their uh, to their uh, trans community, which is the boarding schools. That's why they're being funded by international schools. They're also being associated with LGBT, but they think that LGBT has created a step back for their uh, their own organizations because because she say that doesn't want to be part of the. No, ya. Yeah. Uh, kemudian tahun 2008 uh, kami membuat uh, mendirikan uh, pondok pesantren waria. Jadi tujuannya untuk memberikan uh, ruang nyaman bagi kawan-kawan uh, waria untuk beribadah. Di sinilah kami memperjuangkan hak beribadahnya buat kawan-kawan uh, waria sampai sekarang dan Uh, disitulah kami kemudian tidak hanya uh, tidak hanya memperjuangkan um, hak beribadah tetapi juga kita berjuang di dalam ranah sosial seperti uh, bakti sosial seperti gustu kampus seperti uh, apa mendidik uh, masyarakat untuk mengetahui bahwa Waria itu apa, siapa, mengapa gitu. Kemudian kami juga mengadvokasi pemerintah supaya pemerintah ini memberikan hak yang sama kepada uh, waria seperti warga negara yang lain. Itu. So basically in 2008 uh, she start to make this uh, boarding school of waria or transgender. Uh, it is basically to fight for their right to pray and also stay in their religion even if they're part of their own religion sometimes it was not being acknowledged that's why she fights for their right to be accepted at least they also go to social service and goes to campus to socialize about about the waria issues and other kind of issues to make the understanding better towards all the society around it for context the PKBE or PKBI is the reproductive rights NGO where Shinta and I met the services provided by the NGO are run out of a gallery space there. One of the workers explained to me that in Indonesian culture, when you first greet someone, you often ask them if they've eaten, and secondly, you ask mau ka mana, which translates to where are you going? The NGO worker explained to me that although this is often intended to convey concern and care for an individual, it can also double as an act of surveillance. For individuals wishing to access gendered or sexual services, going to a gallery is safer than going to a clinic. I want to understand why it is that the Waria community might not want to be associated with the LGBT community, and also how being Waria is different to being transgender. Uh, transgender... Uh... Itu sama, jadi waria itu adalah trans woman. Trans woman. Jadi kenapa kemudian kami ini di dalam ketika dalam uh, pada saat-saat tertentu kami tidak mau di, digabungkan di dalam uh, LGBT karena secara uh, secara identitas itu juga berbeda. Bahwasanya kami ini adalah uh, 
bukan bentuk ya, jadi kalau waria ini satu di, lebih diterima di masyarakat jadi untuk perjuangan-perjuangan kami lebih mudah karena kamu tahu sendiri bahwa di masyarakat di, di Indonesia itu eh, agama masih dipegang erat dan ya ketika kemudian kita berjuang dengan LGBT itu penolakan itu lebih keras ya itu satu yang kedua so basically um, the reason why they don't want to be associated is oh well first is that they say that transgender the transgender is saints but they want to be waria is a trans woman and in certain times the reason why they don't want to be associated with LGBT is because identity based is different and um, Indonesian society Uh, is like really strong and really uphold their religions. That's why, in this kind of terms, trans woman or warrior is likely to be accepted in comparisons to LGBT. So they had a different start because you know the issues was come up first for warrior and later on there's LGBT. So that's why they have this different starting point that makes it um, harder if uh, the trans women are associated with LGBT. But they, yeah, basically that. Okay, so it's more about how the warrior community was already established yeah there beforehand before mm-hmm. the lgbt that's why um they don't want to make uh they wouldn't want to be associated with lgbt because yeah. they're re- being um rejected by indonesian society because of the uh religion issues and they also done a government advocacy towards trans women specifically yeah tapi uh, itu hanya dalam uh, tidak selalu jadi Uh, itu pada saat-saat tertentu saja kita memisahkan diri dari LGBT tergantung bagaimana uh, kita sedang memperjuangkan apa gitu kalau pada dasarnya ya kalau sekarang ini mau tidak mau mau tidak mau ya itu ya terpaksa kita tergabung di dalam LGBT itu karena isu global ya oh. ya gitu oh so well basically it's not always they disassociate themselves with the LGBT Uh, basically it's based on the issues they want to talk about so sometimes there's issues specifically for trans women mm. that's why they want to fight it for their own and but now in a current status quo because of the global um, tense about LGBT they are it's not for us uh, it's like they need to bandwagon with the LGBT because the issues are more spread mm. and yeah basically it's happening right now in society and they decided to sometimes bandwagon the movement of LGBT. Okay, so if I understand this correctly, it's kind of that the specific needs and and focuses of the Waria community need to not be absorbed by the LGBT community, that there are individual experiences that aren't represented by other LGBT individuals that need a focus with regards to kind of activism and advocacy, is that correct? Yeah, 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 true. Okay. My final question is, how can communities outside of the Waria community and outside of Indonesia support you and this social movement? Perjuangan kami itu memang membutuhkan bantuan, apalagi tentang peningkatan kapasitas di dalam pengorganisasian di dalam perjuangan tentang uh, safe and security-nya kemudian uh, di dalam um, ini di dalam melakukan uh, kegiatan-kegiatan um, 
yang sifatnya untuk penguatan uh, untuk penerimaan masyarakat. Soalnya kamu tahu sendiri bahwasanya waria ini adalah sesuatu yang paling visible di antara komponen LGBT ketika isu LGBT ini dipakai oleh politik oleh politician untuk menaikkan elektabilitas jadi kemudian yang paling pertama menerima dampak buruk adalah kami adalah waria itulah kenapa safe and security di dalam kegiatan itu kami kami utamakan nah kalau bantuan yang bisa diharapkan adalah bantuan bagaimana kita bisa tetap eksis melakukan kegiatan sambil menjaga keamanannya dan itu bisa langsung saja datang ke organisasi kemudian melihat kebutuhan apa yang kami perlukan gitu terutama untuk shelter untuk shelter rumah aman kemudian shelter untuk waria-waria lansia gitu itu yang sedang kami sangat kami butuhkan okay. uh, so basically what they need help the most is that improving their capacity especially in organization strategies if it's about campaign and stuff and also about safe and security in them when they're doing campaign And because they also done a lot of activity about uh, how to make a society acceptance around them, that's why they really need uh, help in terms of safe and security from other kind of organizations that may help. Uh, example given like PKBI, that's why they're always trying to strengthen their movement in terms of um, organizational strategies. And currently, since trans women is the most visible form of LGBT, most likely they're the one who kind of get the first impact the moment when they had when there's a bad issues about that and likely is that in the current issues that LGBT are used by politicians to increase their approval rate and most likely the one who get the bad impact when the you know the politician did something bad or yeah the one who um, you know in the first in the front line who will defend them all the one who get the first hate and everything is the trans woman in our itself that's why they also need help in terms of safe and security from any kind of organizations that are likely to help them and uh, they also need especially a safety during their own campaign because somehow there's always a lot of hates and if um, some people or some organization uh, or any kind of stakeholders that likely want to help they can just come towards their own boarding schools and see what they really need there they will explain to you and currently what they needed the most is a shelter especially a shelter for people who's old uh, uh trans elderly. women uh, yeah elderly yeah of course of course that's, yeah, that's what they really need right now yeah yeah mm-hmm. elderly because uh, Uh, the elderly people, why they and uh, very need uh, to help because they don't have a job, they don't they uh, have weakness, yeah, and uh, around society not not have much the money to care all of the elderly people to rent the house and to um, food like this, yeah. One afternoon during my three weeks with Shinta, she invited me over to her boarding school. Riding on the back of Shinta's motorbike, her handbag still on her arm as we wove through the traffic, 
she invited me to attend the signing of a memorandum of understanding with the Indonesian government to secure particular protections and local governmental support for Waria. These protections are long overdue, as in 2016, Shinta was forced to temporarily close the school after continued threats of violence towards herself and her fellow Waria by a local Muslim fundamentalist group. Having reached out to the police for protection, Shinta had been encouraged to create some form of dialogue with the fundamentalists. This dialogue proved unsuccessful, and Shinta and the Al-Fatah boarding school were further targeted by locals who began to deliberately misgender and harass her and other Wariya. 2016 was a year when an unprecedented rise in conservative politics swept the nation, and Shinta's meeting with Indonesian government representatives was a means through which to secure the protections they needed to survive another wave of far-right resurgence if it happened again. Shinta's work is never done. When she wasn't negotiating with government officials, she was personally funding blood tests for Waria at the boarding school, ensuring that those at high risk of disease were being checked by nurses from the local hospital once every three months. Many Waria struggle to secure employment due to gender discrimination, which leads them to turn to sex work. Of course, this is never an easy choice, and many who do so struggle to balance their identities as a sex worker and as a practicing Muslim. Shinta does her utmost to support them, as she is under no illusions that many Waria simply do not have another choice. That said, she does also personally fund visits from makeup artists and hairstylists, who train Waria in these fields so that they can at least have a chance at leaving sex work and gaining employment elsewhere, if they so desire. There is a reason Shinta was awarded the Frontline Defenders Award for the Protection of Human Rights last year. She has devoted her whole life and everything she has to protecting her fellow Waria, people who live on the absolute breadline without external help. My final question is, is there anything else that you want to share? Um, my audience is mostly UK and US based, um, yeah. but is there anything that you think they should know in order to be more supportive and understanding? Yeah, kami, kami ini punya mimpi untuk uh, kan ada sekitar 30 waria di Jogja itu sekitar uh, yang umurnya 55 ke atas dan uh, kami kami itu mimpi mereka itu bisa punya kesejahteraan di hari tuanya jadi uh, kami ingin mengumpulkan mereka itu setiap bulan untuk selama dua hari nah selama dua hari inilah kita bisa melakukan sesuatu yaitu di dalam dua hari ini ada pemeriksaan kesehatan kemudian pemeriksaan apa namanya psikologisnya kemudian kita beri siraman rohani kemudian kita kasih apa kegiatan-kegiatan hiburan kayak apa bersocok tanam kemudian uh, hobi lah kegiatan yang hobi kemudian kita kasih senam lansia kemudian yang paling utama adalah kemudian kita kasih bantuan uang untuk sewa rumah dan kita kasih satu uh, paket makanan bergizi itu yang sedang menjadi mimpi saya yang ingin saya wujudkan itu jadi kita mengumpulkan 30 orang yang nanti selama setiap bulan kita kumpulkan itu. 
Okay, so um, they had a dream for 20 trans women that exist in the current boarding school that age about above 50, uh, about 50, yeah, above 55. 50, 55, 55, above 55. Uh, to have their own well-being and also their own social security to survive when they're still alive and they want to um they actually want to have an even together them in two days to have their own check up health check up and also their own check up in terms of psychologies and also their own mental health issues and also since this is a boarding school for religions based they also want to have a spiritual closure towards them where where they also need it and a bit of a yeah a warm up for them is is one of is one of the activities that they want to have to have fun together and also doing their own hobby based on their own liking and their own interests so that they can be uh, you know enjoying their own um you know old ages yeah they're yeah they're that's why that's uh but the most important thing the things that they want to prioritize is in the end they want to give a help in terms of money and finances and monetary of fun for them to pay for the rent and also um have their own nutrition in terms of food. That's what they will need the most in terms of fun. Is. The experience of not identifying as one's assigned gender at birth is so often presumed to be a new and Western concept. The existence of Waria disproves that. Shinta has been openly Waria and aware of the Waria community since she was in university, and she is now in her late 50s. Research yields articles claiming that to be waria is to be a third gender, which has no Western equivalent. And this is what I myself believed prior to meeting and working with Shinta. In Bahasa, Indonesia, the word for woman is wanita, and the word for man is priya. Waria is a combination of the two. Shinta often compares being waria to being a trans woman. And although I have liaised with workers at the PKBE who informed me that this comparison seems to be a means of translating the Wariya experience into terms that Westerners can understand, it is not my place, or any non-Wariya individuals, to question the alignment of these two terms. What is evident is that Wariya continue to call themselves Wariya, not just trans women. That distinction is important not only for the sake of cultural sensitivity, but also for ensuring that the gendered histories of Indonesia are not absorbed and erased under the imposition of Western language. After all, before the term transgender was even coined in 1965, Waria existed, congregated, and created communities together here in Indonesia. I am fortunate enough now to be able to call Shintaratri my friend. At one point during our discussions of her work, I asked Shinta if, aside from any of the occasional charity and NGO funding, if she received donations through any kind of crowdfunding service. She did not. There was, in fact, no program or campaign in place to collect donations for Shinta and her boarding school. Shinta offered so much to the Slash Queer project in the time I had with her. And since my departure, she has informed me that she has been working to provide safety and security for more vulnerable waria, particularly elderly waria, and those without a safe place to shelter during the coronavirus outbreak. Expanding the boarding school to keep these people safe is no mean feat, and she is doing it with very little external support. So, 
If you feel like donating to Shinta and her incredibly important cause, you can visit queer.com forward slash funding and donate directly to Shinta. The Indonesian rupiah is not a strong currency compared to British pounds and American dollars. You won't believe how far your spare change will go in Indonesia, especially when it is paying for bare essentials like food, water, and medical services. It goes without saying that this is undeniably a deserving cause, where measurable change is taking place. Your donations would be met with gratitude. As my time in Jogjakarta drew to a close, Shinta and I unveiled our joint exhibition at the gallery in the NGO where we met three weeks prior. Identitas Kam Pingiran, which translates loosely to Identities at the Margins, was an exchange of sorts. Shinta showcased photographs and stories of the day-to-day life of the Wariya community, and I shared transcriptions from previous Slash Queer episodes, translated into Bahasa Indonesia. During the opening ceremony, Shinta asked me many questions about the transcripts and informed me that hearing about alternately gendered experiences outside of Indonesia was important for Wariya. And although one can appreciate this, the inverse feels important and overlooked. Understanding the international, transnational multiplicity of gender identity is essential if we are to deconstruct this idea of gender and sexuality variance as something that is white and Eurocentric. It is not about putting communities like Waria on a pedestal as exotic, unusual, and controversial. It is about demonstrating that expecting a gender binary to exist everywhere as a default is culturally ignorant. Gender identity is not a trend, nor a fashion. It is an inexpungible facet of the human experience. Shinta's story is one that deserves to be heard, one of many that demonstrates that what makes us unique does not have to isolate us. No matter where you go in the world, you will find people who exist outside of the socially determined norm. And in spite of bigotry, hostility and aggression, they thrive. The struggle of Waria for their rights and freedoms is far from over, but there is a drive and determination there that cannot be extinguished. We could all stand to learn from the unyielding fortitude and indomitable spirit of the Waria. This episode of the Slash Queer podcast was edited by Sam Clay and scripted and produced by me, Georgie Williams. A very special thanks to Bo Newham, Jamie Newland, Astrid Febrianti, and, of course, Ibu Shintaratri. Once again, I would like to ask my listeners to consider donating to Shinta's cause. In the current pandemic, the needs of those that live at the margins of society, such as the Wariya of Jogjakarta, are being overlooked. You can find the link to donate to Shinta at slashqueer.com forward slash fundraising. Your money will go a long, long way in Indonesia, and even your loose change can make a difference. I want to take a quick moment to thank my Patreon subscribers, whose pledges are helping make this project happen. I feel immense gratitude for your generosity, and you should take pride in the fact that your contributions are allowing these important stories to be shared around the world. If you're not a Patreon, and fancy lobbing a few pennies my way every month, you can find the Slash Queer Patreon at patreon.com forward slash slash queer. That's S-L-A-S-H queer. The link is also available on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Every time a new patron signs up, I get quite obscenely emotional, 
so know that anything you can give means the world to myself and the rest of the team. This episode was recorded on location in Yogyakarta, Indonesia. Music in this episode was composed by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this episode or have any feedback, please get in touch on Instagram or Twitter at at slash queer, or email us at slash queer at outlook.com. Perhaps now more than ever, stay kind, stay radical, and stay queer.